welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Professional Humans Podcast. Professional? Yes. No. <laughs> professional. Yes. This is for professionals only. Mm-hmm. Professionals also accepted. Do you think our event has sold out yet? Well, I hope it has. It hasn't. But it it hasn't. Yeah, I thought I was thinking that it wouldn't have been wouldn't have been sold out. We still have tickets. Okay. There's a, it's a big room, so there's lots of tickets. There's a large room, there's lots of tickets. The room um, doesn't have to be full full full, but we still have tickets. So It'd be super cool if it was full. You guys, come on. Yeah, it could be full full. Yeah. Doesn't have to be full full full. Yeah. We want it to be full but not not jam packed. If you haven't bought a ticket to our event that occurs on June 28th yet, you should go buy a ticket now. You should. You can do that on our by clicking the link live events through our website prohumans.com. What's the episode about today? The episode today is our conversation with Andy Kruger. Andy Kruger, yes, and it is about having like a passion project on the side. So you can do all the stuff that you want to, but he just kind of talks about how it's important to have that and how that could at some point lead to that being your career. Your real job. Your your job job. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great. I think you guys are going to really like it. He's a good guy. I think that you should also buy tickets to our live event if you're in <laughs> Minneapolis, Minnesota. You you can buy tickets if you're not in Minneapolis. Yeah, and then give you them to a friend. You could be in St. Paul. Yeah, that's true. You could be in the outlying you suburbs. Could travel from out of town. You could. You could do all those things. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this... Uh, you could fly in. <laughs> you could. Hey, we're a destination. You could, you could have a, a great weekend. We'll even tell you other places to go. If anybody wants to fly in from out of town to go to our event, Josh and I will take you for a bike ride mm-hmm. and show you the city. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so without further ado, here's uh, some more information on passion projects and how you can make that your actual projects. If you want to. All right. Okay, thanks. Three, two, one, go. We're recording now. Hi, Josh. Hi, Ellie. Hey, Andy. Hi, Josh Andy. and Ellie. <laughs> Welcome to Awkward Intros 101. Thanks for having me yeah. <laughs> on your new podcast, on the first episode of Awkward Intros. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. shoot. I didn't write an this interview for that shoot. podcast. <laughs> this is our offshoot podcast. <laughs> uh, so we're talking today with Andy Kruger. Did I say your name right? That's right. Awesome. Uh, Andy is the founder of Craft Stravaganza. Yeah, that one's harder to say correctly. <laughs> that was... Perfect. It's harder. Nailed to, it. It's harder to type. Yes. Why is it so hard to type? It's a long word. And you have to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's all and over. Do you the get place. autocorrected a lot, or? Yeah, I've added it to many dictionaries over the years. Yeah. Sure. Nice. Uh, Craft Stravaganza is a one-day market for handmade goods. It's mm-hmm. in its. El- it just completed the eleventh season. Just two weeks ago, we just had our eleventh annual event. Right. Awesome. And uh, you also work at Green Spring Media, right? Yes. Organizing events like um, the Midwest Luxury Home Tour. That's Ooh, one, right? Yep. I've heard of that. Mid, yeah, me too. I've been to that. Yeah, me too. Uh, Midwest Food and Wine Experience. 
the yes green uh that is the minnesota monthly food and wine experience mm, okay uh and the minnesota monthly grill fest uh just wrapped last weekend grill fest i wish i would have known about that one we will do it again next spring <laughs> for you excellent and how many other people <laughs> and whoever else would like to <laughs> attend um but so before that you worked with robots yes uh, and we're here today to talk about um how you kind of left uh, robot land to work on your passion project full time. So it's this episode is kind of about the transition of have this project on the side, but um, and have a full time job. At some point, there's a transition of that um, that passion project becoming your full time deal. I gotta say, I'm having a really hard time wrapping my head around leaving the robots. Yeah, uh, that decision was made easy for me by the fact that the company went bankrupt oh, okay. and laid off almost everybody, <laughs> including yeah, myself. But that I thought robots were the yeah. future. They will replace us all yeah. one day. Okay, but, but not, this day day. Not, <laughs> <laughs> not this day. Not this day. Not on this day. Okay. Well, I that 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 uh, <laughs> I was like trying to you know figure this out because like, how me, could robots, you leave the robots robots has been a passion project but <laughs> right yeah for josh it's the opposite <laughs> yeah it's and i am not an engineer sure. uh you know we had engineers there that created the robots and for them they had a different relationship oh uh, with yeah the robots sure um at the time that i left the company i was doing customer service which I actually enjoyed quite a lot mm -hmm. uh, because I like working with people. I like helping mm -hmm. people solve problems. Mm -hmm. um, and I was able to do that. But uh, the prospect of a career in customer service sure. it was not appealing yeah. at oh, all. Sure. And all the jobs that I saw were not places where I would want to be providing customer service. Right. Yeah. So that was not a huge priority in my job search when I was looking for a new position. Mm -hmm. Sure. But uh, the events that my wife and I had been doing, that was something that I did want to do. And I uh, had not found a really good match for my interests, mm -hmm. the type of event that I wanted to help to run, mm -hmm. um, along with a full-time paid position. Sure. So it had been something I had done on the side for a very long time, um, until this timing just all aligned perfectly for me. Cool. Awesome. How did, how does craft extravaganza tie into the Greenspring stuff? Is it all, is it all part of the same deal for you or how does that work? It's, Still two different worlds uh, okay. because um, my wife and I, we have, it's actually an LLC, uh, Scuttlebug mm -hmm. LLC is mm -hmm. our event management company. Okay. And so with that, we run the Craft Stravaganza in the spring and we also have a fall event called the Craftsa. So we did oh, okay. uh, hyphenate it, mm -hmm. uh, made it easier to spell and say for everybody. Nice. Okay. Uh, shorter URL too is always good. Mm -hmm. Um so we have these two annual events that we run with that, um, as well as uh, we're starting to do a little bit of freelance work and help other people to run their own events oh, cool. or, or take them over to some extent. Mm -hmm. um, so that by necessity is separate. And my wife has actually taken on a lot of the day-to-day -day, uh, managerial aspects of that because now that I am doing events full time, I do not want to do it as a hobby. <laughs> sure. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's more like passion work and not passion project. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that relationship changed a bit too. I, sure. you know, I still enjoy it very much. And I like, yeah. I like the event itself and, and attending it and the people that we work with and all that. But 
Um, you know, when it comes to after a long day of being at a full-time job, working on event stuff, the last thing I want to do usually is go home and do even more of that. Plan something. Right. So um, I, have, I have different hobbies now, but right. um, but I do still help out with that. And then at work, uh, I am the event operations manager. That's my mm-hmm. official title for Greenspring. And um, as part of that job, I do most of the logistics and operational planning and uh, execution for our major consumer events. Cool. You gave an Ignite talk a while back, and it was about the importance of having a passion project on the side in addition. Do you want to talk a little bit about that for those that haven't seen it? And we'll link to it, but just for those. Yeah, I would love to. Um, I could I could almost give the whole talk because they're, they're very short. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, I don't have a slide changer. <laughs> it just with, won't have the visuals. But um, Yeah, and I, I still believe this is very important. Uh, just the idea of having something that you are passionate about and, and working on it, uh, I feel like should be a no-brainer uh, for people. And, and for many people, I think it is just something that they do naturally and automatically. Sure. Um, th- but there are other people who, for whatever reason, um, f- don't feel like they have the time to pursue a passion outside of work or um, just haven't really thought about what, they're passionate about in life, uh, which was shocking to me. But after I gave the talk, I started meeting more and more people who said, you know, that talk was very interesting, but I don't know what I'm passionate about. And to <laughs> me, that's bananas yeah. because I can think of a hundred things that I would love to do. And, and you know, mm-hmm. there's at least a small subset of those that I would consider myself fairly passionate about. Um, so for me, the hard thing is to narrow that down into like one thing that I'm really going to pour a lot of effort and time sure. into. I more have the opposite problem where I try to do way too much, uh, <laughs> my wife will tell you, and and not get a lot of it actually done right. very well or at all. Yeah, we were... Um, I don't uh, know anyone like that. What? <laughs> I hope you're not talking about me. No. I'm getting better. Talking about me? We were talking about um, when you came in, uh, when we were in the getting drinks phase pre-recording, you're talking about minimalism. uh, And we we were mostly talking about minimalism of of belongings. But I think there's something to be said for applying that same minimalism mentality to activities and and things that you do. And um, really our focus in getting to minimalism with our belongings has been so much about looking for uh, a higher quality of thing and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, things that we really truly enjoy. And I think that that is a, a, like super important to apply to what you choose to take on. So how do you, uh, figure that out? How do you make sure you're focused on the right things and not just a bulk of things? That's, that is the the never ending question. I Mm -hmm. think, um, of dis of making sure that you are really spending your time on mm-hmm. the things that bring you joy and the things that will provide back whatever value you're looking to get from them. Um, I, I feel like this is a stage in life issue as well, because mm-hmm. certainly since becoming a parent, I have learned to treasure my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have had to think more about uh, how I spend my time and, and whether the way that I am spending my limited free time at nights after the children have gone to bed is uh, really what's best for me sure. along all those axes. And, um, and that's led to a lot of decisions about, you know, whether I should continue doing a hobby or just cut it out because if I don't really have time to commit to something and, and a lot of hobbies have 
stuff that go along with them as well. You know, I'd rather just cut it out and not worry about it sure. than kind of half-assedly carry it forward uh, when I could commit more to something. Um, sure. And so, in fact, recently I had been doing a podcast for about a year um, and I realized that the time that I was pouring into that and the just the personal enjoyment that I was getting out of it were not equal. Oh. And there were other things that I wanted to do. I was, I was proud of it. People listened to it and said they enjoyed it. I really liked meeting people through that mm-hmm. and getting to have interesting conversations. And there, there was a lot that I enjoyed about it. But when I looked at the time that went into it, and it was basically all my free time over a week, mm-hmm. I said, no, there are other things that I would like to do besides this. And as long as I keep trying to do this on the schedule that I'm doing it, I won't be able to do these other things that I, if you ask me, I would say, yes, these are more important to me than doing this podcast. And so it was a hard decision to just kind of quietly cancel it and just stop making them. Um, but there's so much money in podcasting. And there's no money in podcasting. <laughs> there's actually negative money because I was spending hosting fees every right. month and, uh, taking time to, you know, drive out and see people and, um, spending money on gas. And it was, you know, I would say it was worth it. The money I spent was worth it, but, uh, there was certainly no possible future. I could see where that particular podcast would have made me wealthy Mm -hmm. uh, to any extent. (laughs) We Uh, have no idea what you're talking about, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) So, you know, there was, there was value in it, but, um, for me, there were other things like, um, my art. I am an embroidery artist. In addition to, you know, running the craft fair, I tried to create my own stuff too. And, what I was seeing is while I was doing that podcast, I didn't have time to do the art stuff sure. that I really wanted yeah. to do. And uh, right now, that's what I'm really interested in. And I want to put some interest into uh, into that and put some time into that and see where that goes. So uh, I can only really do one or two of that kind of thing at a time. I feel like this is a good opportunity for a Ron Swanson quote, which is... I know the one. Do you? I'm not, I don't know if I'll be able to say it. Let's verbatim, see if we're thinking of the same thing. But it's, it's that you should not ever do anything half. You should not do two things half assed. You should do one thing full ass. Whole ass. Whole ass. Yeah. With your whole ass. That's right. Put your whole ass into it. Nice. Never half ass two things. Whole ass one. Whole thing. ass one. Mm-hmm. That's, that's actually a quote that I had th- considered while making that decision because awesome. I realized that Ron I, Swanson you know, is very wise. He is so wise Everyone in, in knows many that. ways. <laughs> Josh has some weird, uh, framed, um, Oh, you dropped your Bigfoot coaster. That's oh, all right. No. You'll be okay. <laughs> okay. Um, survived this. Long. You can set your drink right on the thing. We don't care. I have the Swanson pyramid of greatness mm. framed in sitting next to my desk at work. One of my coworkers does as well. <laughs> Everyone always comes over and remarks on it. Okay, so tell us a little bit about how you um, started Craft Stravaganza. Sure, I'm getting better at saying it. Yeah, well, you you nailed it. You can like just flow right out. Yeah, uh, and that is a rare skill. I will tell you, in the many years we've done it, <laughs> more people can't say it than can. So the story goes: this was 12 years ago, and my wife and I had just graduated from college, um, and. My degree was in graphic, uh, was in entrepreneurship mm. uh, and business management. Uh, we both went to the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. That's where we met. So they have a program for that. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, 
this might be a more common thing now, but at the time I was not really aware of it until I uh, entered into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my wife has a degree in graphic design and photography. So she oh. went through the art school and I was in the business school. And um, when we graduated, we were both working the typical entry-level office jobs and had a lot of free mental cycles to think about what else we wanted to do and um, and a lot of time to check emails and talk to each other <laughs> while we were not doing data entry mm-hmm. or answering a phone call. So we, I had read about this type of craft fair that was happening around the country, mostly on the coasts at the time, um, where it was for a younger audience. There were younger artists who were mostly taking, uh, you know, traditional and time-honored skills and practices and reinterpreting them for a new audience mm-hmm. and, um, and making them fresh and, um, and trying to bring them out into the world. Mm-hmm. And these, so these shows were a very interesting thing to me. I had never been to one because there weren't any near <laughs> us at the time. And uh, so I showed it to my wife and I said, isn't this cool? Wouldn't this be a fun thing to go to? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be neat if someone here did that so that we could go to that event? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't long after saying that and thinking about it where we came to the realization mm. that, you know, we know a couple of people who have the skills that might be able to do this. <laughs> so, you know, at the very least, I figured, you know, I have this degree in entrepreneurship and right now I am not using it. And what a better way to kind of try this out in a low risk way than to do this event. Uh, and so we began talking to local artists and just figuring out what they would want to see in something like this and whether they would come and how they would want us to do it and built a, a quick little business plan and, and made it happen and um, invested very little money in it and lost a little bit, <laughs> but, but not much. And people came to it. Uh, so the proof of concept worked and then we decided to do it again next year and that gave us a little more time to refine the concept and talk to more people. Did you learn that approach in your entrepreneurship stuff? I did, Iterating, yeah. Iterating, fail, fail quick, iterate. I, you know, I'm sure we did talk about that. I feel like, honestly, you know, and it, it's a good program and, and I learned a lot of good stuff, but I definitely learned way more by putting that into practice, yeah, you know, and, and actually doing it, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think in, in even just that one first year instance of doing it, um, mm-hmm. and certainly more as we went on, but you know, than I did in my whole one year entrepreneurship class, because <laughs> sure. that's, you know, we learned a lot of business skills. I think more than anything, what the class gave me was the confidence to go out in the world and try it, knowing that I should know enough to at least not totally screw this up sure, sure. Okay. and possibly make it a success. And then by actually doing it is where I learned the skills to really carry it forward. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely. it's a practice. It's not a, Oh, I went to class and now I know how to do this. It's a practice. Right. Just like that Kanye tweet that I want to get cross stitched. <laughs> Which one? It's he does the, a lot. Of yeah, yeah. No, it's one of his classic 2010s. Being nice is the shit being a doper person. Hashtag it's a process. My God, <laughs> that's we waited some Kanye for that. wisdom, right there. We waited for that. Yeah, I had to, I had to remember it. So it Andy was, was saying, <laughs> it's a process. It's a process. You did the first year. You learned a bunch of stuff. Mm. You made it better. 
Is that still happening? Or 11 years in, or you're like, now nah, we got this? That's definitely still happening. Yeah. Um, at the same time, you know, obviously the, the confidence level continues to grow or maybe it's maxed out. Maybe it's plateaued now. We're just, we're just, we know we can do it now. There's no There's more no confidence to be had. Yeah, we've, I've got it. I mean, this like we can do, but, um, we, we do always look at what we might be able to do differently. Sometimes changes are forced. Um, you know, we've had to move venues a couple of times. Mm-hmm. We've chosen to move venues a couple of other times. Um, and, I like to try new things. Mm-hmm. That is part of my personality. Um, so if we think of something that we think would be cool that we can do within that framework, we more often than not will try to do it. Cool. That's awesome. What did you learn in that process that was totally unexpected? It just Was there anything that you were just like, whoa, I did not see that coming? Yeah, the... The interesting thing about moving from doing events as a sort of part-time thing Mm -hmm. to doing it as a career uh, was finding out while there are many things, many skills and, um, you know, knowledge that transfer from the one to the other, there are also many more things that don't. And uh, the type of event that we do at Greenspring is very different from the type of event that we do um, on the side. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there are a lot of similarities. We work with clients who have space at the show and we have consumers who attend it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's media. And there is, there is media. We are trying to do PR, although Mm -hmm. now at my full-time job, I don't have to do that, which is nice. We we have someone else. And, And that's another big thing is that, uh, of course, when my wife and I are doing everything, we are doing everything. Mm-hmm. And at my job now, we have a sales department and we have a, a, a PR and marketing person. And sure. I have a boss who assists with all this stuff. And then I have, uh, there's an event coordinator who also helps me out with all this stuff. So it's it, learning to delegate a little bit more, learning to let other people do that type of business and do that part of the job so that I can focus on my part of the job. That's mm-hmm. one thing. Sure. Um, but then the, there are so many other things they do that I had never really had to think about, like ticket sales. We don't do pre-sales. We just have a free event for the craft fairs. Um, so when you're dealing with that ticket sales, now you have to deal with uh, checking people in. There's a, an ID checking process because we're serving alcohol at a lot of our tasting oh, sure. events mm-hmm. um so there are permits involved there are licenses and uh, oh sure contracts yeah, that's, and that's probably a big change is your monetization <laughs> strategy for the craft show the per the table fees or the booth fees yes so um we basically do charge the artists a fee to participate okay um those our shows are also juried uh, which is very oh. nice. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So uh, even from the very beginning, of our pool has grown over the years. But um, even from the start, we were careful to really uh, communicate to people that we it was important to us to keep up the quality mm-hmm. and to keep up uh, variety. Mm-hmm. And so we have always juried those shows. We've always had mm-hmm. to turn away usually about as many people as we can accept. Mm-hmm. Um which is a very nice position to be in. Yeah. yeah. And you don't always have a, a, that opportunity to do that when you are selling booths for a lot more than we do at our craft fairs. Sure. So, uh, so uh, yeah, yeah, there's just a, a lot that 
<laughs> that is different and that it has helped me a lot to gain confidence also in trying new things on the side because now mm -hmm. I know that if we wanted to attempt to serve alcohol, for example, I know exactly what is involved. With <laughs> you that. know how to do it. I know <laughs> how to get food permits. Yeah, I know sure. how to do all these things that I couldn't do before. If we did decide we want to sell tickets, which we don't, but if we wanted to start a different kind of event that, yeah. you know, had a, a ticketed admission, I know a how lot did, more about how, how to go about that. Cool. Um, okay. Asking for a friend, um, you and your wife, uh, work on the craft show together. What, how, what kind of, um, stresses does that put on your relationship? That's a great question. Doing a project as a couple can be stressful, especially when never <laughs> heard of it. What? <laughs> especially when it is one that is, uh, you know, in uh, on the side that is in your what what used to be time that you might have just hung out together and watched TV suddenly is time that you have to talk about emails that you've gotten and tasks right. that have to be accomplished. Mm -hmm. And and it introduces a whole new element to your relationship yeah. and, and a whole new test for it. Um, mm -hmm. In the case of my wife and I, it is a little weird because we basically graduated from college and got married and then started a craft fair right. very rapidly. You started so it's out. Been your, it's been <laughs> basically the way of it. our whole life, it's <laughs> been that way. So it's hard to remember a time when we didn't have that going on. Sure. Um, but there are certainly times where um, I come home from a long day at work and my wife is tired from taking care of the children. She's a stay-at-home mom in addition to mm -hmm. doing all the work on our events. And we both just kind of say, I don't want to talk about the craft fair tonight. I don't want to work <laughs> on it right I need a day now. off. <laughs> yeah, we need, need to, to take a vacation. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's important to be able to give yourselves that, uh, yeah. that flexibility too. Right. And, um, but there are also times when you need to look at each other and say, okay, now we really have to get something mm -hmm. done and we have to prioritize this right now and, and do it whether we feel like it or not. Yeah. I'm going to say that to Josh as soon as we get finished recording. I don't know what you're talking episode about. Episode coming out in a couple of days. <laughs> yep. We don't get to go ride our bikes around the lake this evening. We're going to be editing. Yeah. That's how it goes. By we. Yep. I mean, Josh. Yep. <laughs> Clear distinction of responsibilities also helps a lot because yeah. we, at the beginning, just kind of, ha again, we had more time because we had no kids. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just kind of catch as catch can as far as like mm -hmm. responding to emails or doing whatever. Like we didn't even know what we had to do for the first couple of years, oh, really. Right. So it was just kind of a scramble. It's like, oh, someone has to do this now. Okay, oh, I someone can, wrote I can to do us. it. Yeah, we better respond to this media request. Well, who's going to... You know, <laughs> who's going to be on TV? Uh, and oh, it, yeah. it turned out I was more comfortable doing that. Who's going to be on TV? Both of us. Oh. Okay. I recommend that you start with that. Yeah, my, <laughs> Jenna and I both appeared on TV for the, the first couple of years. And then yeah. she said, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> you do it. I might say that right before we go on the air. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you go out there. Cool. Um what advice would you go back and give yourself? Hmm. Either you can choose your choose when you want to go back in time to give yourself this advice, like at zero years, at five years. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I feel like I feel like if I could go back to the very beginning, I would give myself the advice to just be be very bold. Uh, and try whatever I wanted to mm -hmm. because 
as low as we perceived the barriers to be, I think they were even less than we imagined. (laughs) (laughs) Because at the beginning, there was no one watching and there were no stakes, really. Um, And now that we are a little more established, or I guess a lot more established, I, I think it's fair to say a lot of people look forward to the show and coming back year after year. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is more difficult to make a major change at this point because sure. we have an established formula that people enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I would have encouraged myself to take more risks and maybe try uh, to do some other offshoot events mm-hmm. and, and just seeing how those go. Um, I would have told myself that I had a lot more free time than I realized. <laughs> yeah, you think you're busy now, but... But just right. wait. Yeah, you, you don't realize that when you first graduate college and you have basically no debt other than a college loan mm-hmm. um, and no kids. no kids and no pet mm-hmm. and um, really all the time in the world outside of... and sometimes during your full-time job that you might as well make the most of that. But it is almost impossible to understand that until you have gone through to the other side. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a hindsight is 2020. Oh, for sure. I I don't, I don't know if my younger self would have believed me. (laughs) I have a really special look on my face that I get when people who are in that situation complain about not having enough time in their lives. I can't, produce it right now but it's like it's this combination of just disgust jealousy Mm -hmm. rage sarcasm i think i think that's what it looks like yeah i can relate it's like you don't know you just don't know (laughs) uh okay do you know you must know because you've listened to episodes i'm assuming all of them i have listened to all of them in order really wow I don't oh, think okay. that's true. I was like, <laughs> I really? I think there's like three people who Did can say that. Did you listen to the core values episode? The, the honest answer to that question, <laughs> now, now that I gave my sarcastic off-the-cuff answer, the honest question is I have actually listened to most of the oh, okay. episodes. I like the cut the crap ones very much. Okay. Oh, nice. I like the core values one. I, don't uh, I, I like them. Good. I like all the ones I've listened to. <laughs> so you've, you've learned about the random questions jar. I've been looking forward to this yeah. the whole time. So here, here's the jar. All right, here I go. This is the jar. Yeah. I'm, and some of these are different colors, which I assume just indicates That's the new. paper that was available at the time. That's new. because These I aren't like special bonus questions or no. something? No. Okay. I ran out of orange paper. Okay. So the, that post-it note pack the green went dry. Early. All right, well, I'm going to go for an older question then. Okay. I'm going all the way to the bottom. Vintage question. Here we go. Coming at you. <laughs> Classic question. Opening up. What is your happiest memory from being a kid? Mm, that's mm. a good question. Ooh, that is a good one. Happiest memory. Did you grow up here? I did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up um, around the Twin Cities. We moved several times for no good reason, except that my parents seemed to, to love to move. <laughs> um I have so many happy memories. I'm I'm going to say the thing that was the first thing to pop into my head very strongly, which is kind of a weird memory. I don't I don't know why this is occurring to me at the moment, but um certainly one of my happiest moments was when I was probably around tween age. Mm-hmm. And I was at a friend's birthday party. Mm-hmm. And this was at 
the uh, Circus Circus. Oh, nice. Which was like my happy place as a child. Mm-hmm. I love video games. And yeah. I loved the arcade. And Wait, what is Circus Circus? I didn't grow up here. It was uh, Where I grew like, up, Circus Circus was a casino. Did they have Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah. Yeah, it was basically like the... Giant. It was like a... Like showbiz? Precursor to... Yeah, it was... It was like showbiz pizza became... Circus Circus? Circus Circus became showbiz or something like that. It was, it was before there. Okay. It was yeah. very similar. But it was, it was a giant 80s arcade. Did there, were there puppets? Animatronic there, puppet dudes? I believe there were. There was a band... I used to go there every birthday. There yeah, was a bit like they a served the the yeah. the thin crust pizza cut into squares, mm-hmm. and it was it was a popular place to have birthdays. I yeah. and this was one of them, and um, then you know they had a ton of arcade games, and mostly I, I liked playing like the video arcade games. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was my jam. Yep. <laughs> but for this birthday, for whatever reason, I was doing a skill game, and it was uh, the Wheel of Cheese. And it was a so it was a you know gambling style game. It was a it was a luck game. You know you you spun a like giant roulette, wheel but like cheese. roulette but cheese. So there was a, you know it was mouse themed. There was a big cartoon mouse and 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 lots of cheese themed rewards. And um, anyway, I won the jackpot. Oh, nice. so imagine if you will a, a young children's birthday party that is beginning to wrap up and all the kids are hopped up on pop and pizza and, and being in a loud flashy video arcade. I know I've picked those kids up a bunch of times. (laughs) Yes. And now, and now one of them suddenly says, wait, we can't go because I'm waiting for all my tickets to come out of this machine (laughs) because I've got thousands and thousands of tickets from this machine. Wow. Respool this thing. Yeah. And of course, you know, this was a time when they ding, used ding, physical ding. tickets because now you go to a lot of places and that you get it on your card, yeah. you know, if you go to Dave and Buster's or whatever. But this was, it was waiting for the entire spool to basically empty out. And um, that was an incredible, happy memory. <laughs> what did you get? And you know what the funniest thing is that I don't know that I ever got a prize because by the time I got my tickets... They were close. We had to go. <laughs> oh, nice. And they hustled me out of there. So it's kind of a bittersweet memory too because, yeah. you know, but it, but it was incredible to have that, that moment <laughs> in this place where I had so many happy memories uh, mm-hmm. to, to hit it big there. That's but amazing. then I don't know if I ever really even went back and spent you would, You didn't go back and cash. And it. I might not have, but even having them in my closet represented a possibility and, and a memory of that And probably moment. way better, nice. longer lasting <laughs> than the actual. Right. Yeah, yeah, if I did get a prize, I don't remember it. So that it would have been something. like an enormous gorilla or something. If I was lucky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those prizes I doubt are very it. expensive. It'd be like a radio. Oh, you hit the jackpot. I mean, I got a few thousand, but still, still. I picked up my daughter from a birthday party a few years ago, and it was at Chuck E. Cheese. And we get in the car, and she goes, that was so fun. I totally want to go back. And Owen, (laughs) my son, goes, yeah, mom's probably not going to let that happen for like three years. (laughs) (laughs) He knows what's up. And it was legitimately like three years before we ended up back there. He's pretty sage. Yeah, the way that Chuck E. Cheese is now is no comparison to the glory days. The germ farm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was was definitely that. But yeah, I don't know. It just had an arrow class. Well, that's a good memory. 
Well, so that's all the time we have, but thanks for uh, talking to us. This yeah, was super thank fun. Thank you for having me. I yeah. had fun too. Yeah, good. We're g- you have to stick around to add a question back into the jar. I will do that. Cool. All right. All right, get Peace us out, out of here. Thanks again for listening, humans. As always, you can find us on Twitter at ProHumans, on our Facebook page, ProHumans Podcast, on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash ProHumans, or go the easy route and log on to ProHumans.com where you can find all that stuff and more. This is Danger wishing you a professional week.